Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pub Trivia Experience. My name is Chris, and tonight, tonight, we have gathered here tonight to play some trivia. And I am joined by two of my favorite people, the pride of Huntsville, Alabama. It's the Mots, Mike and Nikki. Mike and Nikki, we'll start with Nikki. Nikki, how you doing? What you drinking? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. We're just uh, enjoying... Uh Actually, today wasn't too bad, but we had like two days of straight rain because we had the uh, aftermath, a little bit of uh, Hurricane Ida. So we just been sitting through a couple days of rain. Woohoo! Yeah, <laughs> nothing compared to what they're putting up. Oh with no, Louisiana. of course. I mean, I'm I'm not complaining. We've had it pretty easy, but just uh, no. just a lot of rain. And yeah, doing pretty good. I uh, just uh, having a cup of coffee tonight because. Um, we're playing some trivia. I needed to keep my wits about me because I know that Mike's drinking. So that's my strategy is to be. <laughs> I love it. I love it. To not be drinking. So maybe I can kick his butt. I don't know. We'll yeah. See. We'll see. And you want Nikki... me to top you off, honey? <laughs> sure. Here's the, here's the bottle. Keep it flowing. <laughs> that's a big bottle. Uh, Nikki, I am joining you. I am um, keeping my cleanse going, and I am actually going for sober September. I am not going to have any alcohol throughout the entire month of September, uh, and I am on day two of this, and uh, so far so good because I've been sick the whole time, so yay. Uh, but uh, I have got a big old glass of H2O, high-quality Zephyr Hills water. It is delicious. Mike, I saw that brown liquor rumbling around in the bottle. What do you got? Yep, I'm riding the bourbon train tonight. Uh, this is actually a bottle that I picked up a month ago when uh, we rendezvoused in Louisville. And then we took a, a little day tour of a couple of distilleries. And the last one on that list was the Bardstown Bourbon Company. And I picked up a couple bottles there. And this is their Fusion Series. This is number five in their Fusion Series, I suppose, uh, according to the bottle. And basically what they do is, as the name implies, they fuse a couple different bourbons with a couple different mash bills uh, and a couple different ages together to uh, make what is, frankly, a rather rather tasty bourbon. I wasn't sure that because I just popped the bottle open. This was the last distillery that we visited that particular day, and I remembered this being pretty good, but I had also visited some – other distilleries at that point. So I wasn't sure how much that was going to color that experience, but this is, this is really good. I like it. It, it didn't help that after visiting the first distillery that day, Tom bought a bottle of 1792 opened it on the bus and we downed that bottle before, uh, before we got to Bardstown. So that is a true statement. Yes. I honestly, between you and me don't remember you buying a bottle of Bardstown. I have no <laughs> recollection of well, that. I actually bought two. Yeah. See, don't remember that at all. Chris, Chris is like, I'm not, don't even remember going to bars. <laughs> yeah. You know, we still went and had a nice dinner after that, too. I remember that. I do remember okay. that. Came back. All right. Yeah, really nice steak dinner. It was good. It was. Well, we are here tonight to play a little bit of trivia. And uh, so I have a friend of mine whose name is Susie, who I love. I love to death. She's an awesome person. Um, but her family grew up playing Trivial Pursuit. Susie doesn't necessarily care for it. So she at one point gifted me, like, six or seven boxes of old Trivial Pursuit cards. So I've got a backup version of the Genus Edition. I've got the Baby Boomer Edition. Uh, and this is another one of the ones that she gave me. This is the Trivial Pursuit Silver Screen Edition. This was an add-on that they... It was an accompaniment to the regular game um, that came out in 1983. 
And it's going to be Mike versus Nikki tonight. And the way you win is simple. You've got to get one question correct in each category. Your categories are settings, titles, off-screen, on-screen, production, and portrayals. We will go back and forth with the question asking. You'll choose the category you want. Once you close out all six categories, once you get a piece of pie for all of them, then the other person will challenge you with one final category. To keep this nice and fair, I will draw a new card for each individual question. Uh, the early versions of Trivial Pursuit, I'm not, if you get, not sure who here has played them, but the early versions, they, the cards tend to be sometimes very linked where they'll have several facts about one different movie, in this case, one different movie on the card, for like three different questions, not necessarily fair. So I will always draw a new card. I have no control over how easy or how difficult the questions are, so don't blame your host. <laughs> uh, but we are going to allow Nikki to get us started. Nikki, give me the category that you would like to start with. I will go with portrayals. Portrayals. Why not? Nikki, who played Meanie Calvera in The Magnificent Seven? Uh, Meanie is not meant to be part of his name. That is a descriptor. His name is Calvera. Meanie Calvera in The Magnificent Seven? Correct. It would help if I knew what The Magnificent Seven oh. was. I don't remember that movie. Sorry. That was one my dad, my dad made me watch with him. It's a great yeah. movie. It is. I mean, I've heard the title. I just don't, I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't know. Sorry. Uh, Mike, do you have any idea? I actually don't because I remember seeing The Magnificent Seven, but I don't remember it very well. The first name that popped in my head, which I would just throw out as a guess, is Charles Bronson. But uh, No, I, I, it was not Charles Bronson. It was Eli Wallach. Oh, Eli Wallach. Okay. All right, Mike, we are over to you. Give me your category. I am going to – I'll go with settings. I real, I legitimately have no idea how hard these are going to be. Yeah, I'm already like, yep, yep, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, Chris, uh, I forget if you said, but uh, this is this came out in, what, 1983? Yes, so all of these are from before two yeah, or three Mike of us were born. didn't tell me when he said you want to play movie trivia that it was going to be <laughs> – I said he had the silver screen edition. You're great. I didn't know. You're, I didn't know that that meant. I mean, I don't know. I, you're, you're correct. You I didn't. said booby trivia. No, it's true. Mike, here is your settings question. What Mel Brooks movie was set in Rockridge? Oh, uh, Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles is a correct answer. Mike has crossed off settings off of the category. Nikki, you're up. All right. We will go with titles. We're going with titles. Good luck. Oh, gosh. Sorry, baby. <laughs> what classic 1946 British tearjerker had Trevor Howard's doctor falling madly in love with Celia Johnston's housewife? 1946? Na uh, yep. All right. Run it by me again. What classic 1946 British tearjerker had Trevor Howard's doctor falling madly in love with Celia Johnston's housewife. So someone's doctor fell in love with a housewife? And the actors were Trevor, jo Trevor Howard and Celia Johnston. A British tearjerker. Yep, I don't know. <laughs> that movie is called Brief Encounter. So <laughs> brief, none of us remember it. I know, I was like, 
Jones must have been a pretty brief. <laughs> <laughs> little it was. It was a brief classic too. Because... I know. Never heard of that one. No. I don't even really know the actors. I don't either. Yeah. No. Title of my sex tape. We're moving on to Mike. <laughs> brief encounters. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> I love Brooklyn Nine Nine. Mike, what category? Me too. Um, I'm just going to work my way down the list. I'll go with titles. What 1977 movie was about muscle man Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Olympia? Oh, no. Oh, no. Title of your sex tape. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's it's the movie that basically like put him on the map. Oh, gosh. And I cannot remember what it was called. Crap. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, it's not it. Bodybuilders. It's, it's, I'm going to kick myself when I hear it. Bodybuilders is not correct. We're looking for pumping iron. Pumping. I was I was thinking it was iron something. I almost said that. Okay. Darn it. Nikki, what category would you like to go with? I'll go with off screen. Off screen. Here is your question. Why did Marilyn Monroe convert to Judaism? It would have been for one of her husbands, probably. Uh, which one was Jewish? <laughs> <laughs> um, was uh, Arthur Miller Jewish? Maybe because Arthur Miller was Jewish? Yeah, we'll go with him, maybe. That is a correct answer. It Woo! was to marry Arthur well done, Miller. Well done. I was, sitting, I was thinking that. I wasn't sure, but that's yeah. what I was thinking, too. Nice pull, Nikki. Mike, yeah, we're back good, to you. Nikki's tied it up. Yes, she did. Woo-hoo, I know some old school gossip. <laughs> <laughs> and there's an episode title, Old School Gossip. That's right. What category, Mike? Uh, she did off screen. I'll do on screen. Here is your on screen question. What was the name of Inspector Clouseau's valet in A Shot in the Dark? Oh, for Pete's sake. Um, 1983, gotta love it. I, no, I mean, I've seen A Shot in the Dark. I've seen, um, I haven't seen all the Pink Panther movies, but I've seen A Shot in the Dark. Uh, I, yeah, I definitely have. Um, it's been a while, and I just don't remember the name of his valet. Uh, goodness. Um... I don't even know. I don't even know where to begin to guess. Uh, Hopkins. I don't know. Not a bad guess. Not a bad guess. Uh, this particular person shares a name with a superhero. Um, his name, I'm assuming a he, is Cato. Oh, Cato. Okay. Nikki, you got a chance to take a lead. What category are you going with? I will also go with on screen. Here is your on screen question. What sport was depicted in All the Marbles? Sport was depicted in All the Marbles? Correct. I mean, is there a game involving marbles? Um, no, but I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it's just like, take one for all, it's all worth all the marbles. Um, did it tell you what year the movie came out? It did not. Eh. I don't know if that would help me, but... It could. All right, what sport is depicted in all the marbles? Um, I'm wanting to say, like, 
horse racing or something because I'm thinking it's betting. You know, like this is for all the marbles. Mm. So I, I okay. want to say horse racing. You had some logic to it. Unfortunately, it's not a correct answer. It was women's wrestling. No, wouldn't have gotten there. Yeah, no that's not where, where my mind is going at all. When, when, I, when I think of um, movies depicting women's wrestling, that's... Mike, what do you think of when you think of women's wrestling? Uh, marbles. Huh? Marbles. Right, yeah, not marbles. Huevos? Huevos? All right, Mike, pick your category, sir. I believe the one category we have not done yet is production, so I will go with that. And I'm... Uh, of the categories, that's the one I'm dreading, so... I know there might be a reason for that. Here is your production question. How many millions of dollars did Heaven's Gate originally cost? Oh, goodness. I know exactly what movie you're talking about. Making sure we're talking about the movie. (laughs) That's right. Well, yeah. um, Hail Bop was quite a few years later. Uh, 15, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I know exactly the movie you're talking about. Famous flop. But, at, I mean, it, it cost a ton of money at that time. Uh, but I'm not – and I think I think it's one of those movies that got uh, – was one of the movies that ultimately catalyzed PETA getting involved with animal abuse stuff because there was a lot of really, really crappy stuff that happened on that production uh, with the animals, if I'm not mistaken. Couldn't tell you what it cost. Uh, I'm going to guess $20 million, which was a lot back then for a movie. That was a lot back then for a movie, but you're still only about 50% right. It was actually $40 million. Wow, okay. That was a flop. Yep. That's a hell of a flop. Flop on bop. Nikki, you're up. (laughs) Sorry, bad jokes about Uh, I'll try portrayals again. We're going back to portrayals. Who played the deadly dental duelist Jaws in The Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker? Oh, Mike's going to kill me because I don't know. Um, that or he's mad that you got the question. And well, not yeah, he's mad that I got this question because I don't know any of the James Bond movies at all. Um, so, Mike, you want to help her out? <sighs> the actor's name, you know, you would know exactly who, who we're talking about. Uh, he's the guy in Happy Gilmore that has the nail in his head. <laughs> I like him. That's, that's the actor. I think his name is like Richard Kyle. I, I always heard it pronounced Richard Keel, but Keel K I E L is that right? Yep. Richard Kyle or Richard Keel is correct. Nicely done, but no points. Mike, we're back to you. Oh, let's see. I think I'll go back to titles. Back to titles. What 1980 William Friedkin film saw a leathered Al Pacino dancing with men in a bar? 1980 William Friedkin film. Al Pacino dancing with dancing in leather with men at a bar. Uh, what 1980 William Friedkin film saw a leathered Al Pacino dancing with men in a bar? I can name one William Friedkin movie, and it did not come out in 1980. Um, you can name more than I can. And I don't think it would be one of the sequels to said film. Al Pacino, leathered Al Pacino, dancing with men in a bar. That's I just I don't really know that era of Al Pacino very well. Um, 
because I know I know his seventies stuff pretty well, and then really nineties on, but eighties is kind of a little bit more of a, of a blur for me as far as Pacino goes. Um, ah, I don't really have, I don't really have a good guess. I'm trying to pull up. Um, he did a movie. I think it was a little later, but he did a movie. I never saw it, but he did a movie with Michelle Pfeiffer when she was pretty young. I think it was a little later. I'm just trying to pull up its name because it would be something. I think it was called like Frankie and Johnny. So I'll say that. Uh, Frankie and Johnny, unfortunately, is not correct. the uh, The movie they're looking for is Cruising. Cruising. That was the name of it. I was like, I, I, I mean, I couldn't remember the title, but I remember I mean, he was he was gay in it. It was like a big contra- It was like a controversial thing, and it was in a couple of documentaries. And I'm like, I, oh. I feel like I've seen like bits and pe- I, like you heard of it, but I couldn't remember the freaking huh. name. Yeah, so here's the. I have it on IMDb. Here's the uh, the the synopsis they have. A police detective goes undercover in the underground S&M gay subculture of New York City to catch a serial killer who is preying on gay men. Even for 1980, that actually seems very advanced. So I, I applaud the guy apparently did. Uh, so what movie did you know he did, Mike, out of curiosity? I mean, in the, in the 70s, he was, you know, obviously he did the Godfather movies. He did Dog Day Afternoon, which is fantastic. Um, Not Al Pacino, William Friedkin. Oh, William Friedkin. <laughs> He's the director of The Exorcist, dude. I, I didn't want to say it in case it came up later, but... Oh, no, he also did The French Connection. That's why I was asking. I didn't know which one oh. of those you, you knew. All right, Nick, he did you... do The Exorcist, though, right? He did, yes. Okay, I just I didn't I didn't remember who who did The French Connection. I'll remember that now. Nikki, you're up. I'll, I'll go with settings. We're going with settings. What town were Gene Kelly and Frank Sinatra on in the 1950 musical On the Town? Um... I don't know. I mean, they danced in some movie called On the Town. Um, it's got to be like New York, Chicago, or Paris, because that's like the only places that will go with New York. New York is a correct answer. <laughs> New York, New York. Oh, it's that, a wonderful town. Oh, is that where it yeah. was from? Okay. That's I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, I mean I've never even Sinatra, seen it. I, just go down. I mean, I figure must maybe be New York. Yeah. But. No, well done. Well done. Nikki's got a two to one lead. Mike, you're up. Um, I'll I'll try it off screen. We're going with off screen. I'm not as good at the gossip, but we'll try. <laughs> what star of Gone with the Wind once admitted, "I can't act worth a damn"? Hmm, that sounds more like a Clark Gable thing than a Vivian Lee thing. So I'm going to say Clark Gable. Clark Gable is a correct answer. You have tied yes. this game up. It's two to two. Nikki, you have closed out settings and off screen. Mike, you have also closed out settings and off screen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the right. couple that trivia is together stays together. Nikki, make your selection. All right, I'll go for titles. We're going for titles. What 1937 film saw Gary Cooper observe? I can tell you what an Indian will do to you, but not a woman. Scarface? Uh, Scarface is not a correct answer. Um, this is a movie called The Plainsman, because I was just thinking it might have been the old like Gary Cooper did some of those old mafia films. So. Oh yeah, not oh. A bad, I think yeah. he was in Scarface, but like the original, original. right? Yeah, Scarface, Shame of a Nation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mike, you're speaking up. of Pacino. Um, I I have not done portrayals yet, so I'll do portrayals. Mike is going to portrayals. 
Who played John Dean III in the TV movie Blind Ambition? What? I, I, it's, first of all, TV movie? It says silver <laughs> screen. Um, I don't get a year. I don't get anything. John Dean III. Blind Ambition. Okay, I mean, if it's a TV movie, then it's at least 70s, probably. John Dean III. I don't know. Michael Douglas. Uh, you're in the right range. Uh, that did come out in the 70s, 1979. Uh, it was Martin Sheen. Oh, Martin Sheen. Oh, oh. Still never heard, never heard of it. I've never, I've never heard of it, but that, that actually makes sense. Yeah, I, the only reason I pulled Michael Douglas is because we had that trivia question a couple episodes ago with uh, the streets of San Francisco or whatever that he was in in the, in the 70s that none of us had heard of. Oh, that's why that name is familiar. He was special counsel to President Nixon. Oh, oh. Okay. Yeah, John, yeah. Uh, he was, uh, I think he was one of the victims of the Saturday Night Massacre. Really? Okay, I'll Google that Maybe. later. Maybe, I don't remember. Nikki, you're It wasn't an actual massacre, they just fired a lot of people. Yes. <laughs> I'm aware. I know, just saying. Nikki, you're up. I will do on screen. Going with on screen. What did Red Skelton and Lucille Ball both sell door to door in the movies? What did what? What did Red Skelton and Lucille Ball both sell door to door in the movies? Sell door to door in the movies? Like what? That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't either to me, but Chris is losing it right now. <laughs> There's just no way to get this right. Cigarettes. I don't know. What do they sell? Cigarette shirts. Good guess. Uh, something called Fuller Brushes. I'm assuming it's a brand of brush. I'm done. Uh, that's a you had to been there uh, question, I think. Yeah, from like 1948. Mike, what are we going with? Let's do production. Mike's going with production. What 1933 fantasy adventure filmed for the then staggering sum of $500,000 saved RKO, RKO Studios bacon? 1933, you said fantasy? What 1933 fantasy adventure? Fantasy adventure, that's right. Okay, let's see. I'm trying to think. Saved RKO Studio. I mean, the studios I don't think is really going to help me too much. I'm, try I'm trying to think of like epics that would have come out around, because it doesn't have to be an epic, but it just kind of, because of the high price tag, it suggests that it was an epic. Um. 1933 fantasy adventure my inclination is to think that it would be maybe some kind of uh like greek mythology story or something like that or roman mythology story oh no no i've been around that time and i thought that was rko but that definitely doesn't make sense for some reason frankenstein popped into my head but that's not a fantasy adventure um and I don't think it would have had that high of a budget. Let's see. Um, my brain keeps coming back to like Jason and the Argonauts, but that was much later unless there was an earlier version of it. I mean, could it be something like A Thousand and One Arabian Nights or, you know, something like that? Because that, that was the sort of way my brain went. Uh, I'm trying to think of, of maybe another greek or roman mythology oriented story um 
Maybe there was an early version of like Clash of the Titans or something like that. I I don't know. It's that sounds good as anything I'm gonna get. I'll just say Clash of the Titans. That's fine. Uh, Clash of the Titans is not a bad guess. Uh, unfortunately, this movie has been remade multiple times, and it's the only movie I associate with 1933. It's King Kong. Oh, for Pete's sake! Okay. Yep. Oh my gosh! I can't believe I couldn't get there. That's that's. I guess I wasn't thinking that. I was having trouble going my brain fa- going that early. For, yeah. Again, fantasy adventure. I guess that's so, that's guess sort of accurate for that, but it's yeah. yeah. That's all right, Nikki. What are we going with? I guess I'll do production as well. We're going with production. What series of British comedies always featured Charles Hawtrey, Kenneth Williams, and Hanny Jacques? Jacques? J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. I am not even going to pretend I can speak or pronounce French. It's Jacques is usually how that's pronounced. Okay. Uh, all right. So what British comedy always featured these people? What series of British comedies always featured Charles Hawtrey, that's H-A-W-T-R-E-Y, Kenneth Williams, and Hattie Jacques? British comedy. <laughs> I love how Chris is just like, nope, don't even bother. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think I'm going to be able to pull anything up. I mean, I don't know the year or anything either, so. All right. No, I don't know. The Carry On Films. Okay, yeah. No, I didn't. I got nothing. All right, Mike? Well, Alex, I'll take titties for 500 We're going with titles for 500 I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, titles. What 1972 film chronicled the adventures of Winston Churchill to the time he became a member of Parliament? 1972 film? Yes. Early, the early Churchill years. Oh, my goodness. I have no idea. Uh, that's what I'll say, the early Churchill years. <laughs> uh, actually, close. The correct answer is young Winston. You know, now that you say it, I, that actually vaguely rigs the bell as the title. Okay, all right, all right, all right. All right, Nikki, oh my goodness. you're up. I'll try portrayals. We're going back to portrayals. Who was chosen over Broadway's Zero Mostel for Tevye in the film Fiddler on the Roof? Uh, um, God, what's his name? Um, um, Tup, Tup, uh, Oh my gosh! What is his name? You're right there. Oh my gosh! You're right there. Um, Tuppen or Tupal or uh, oh my god! It starts with a T and I just can't think of it right now. Oh, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna get there. Um, Tupal, like Tupal. Oh god! I'm gonna Something give it like to that? you. I, I give it, it to her. her. She's really close. Okay, what is it? It's Topol. Topol. Okay, yeah. T- 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 yeah, she said Topol. It's like Topol. It's T-O-P-O-L. Yeah. I actually don't know how it's yeah, pronounced. Yeah, yeah. I don't either, but T-O-P-O-L. So I'm, yeah. I'm giving yeah. it to you. She she, she knew it. I, I knew give it to who her. it was. Well Nikki, done. you're halfway home. Mike, you're trailing to your wife. What are we going with? Let's see. I've got settings and off screen. I will go on screen. Which, that's ironic because those are two of the categories that I thought were going to be harder for me. Well, here you go. On screen, what did Chris Kringle leave behind at the end of A Miracle on 34th Street? Oh, on screen, I love you. Uh, it was his cane. His cane or his walking stick is a correct answer. His walking answer. stick, correct, yeah. 
the, th- the thing that he used to hit the dickhead psychiatrist over the head with. Mm-hmm. All right, Nikki, you've got titles on screen and production remaining. Which category are you going with? I'll try on screen. On screen. What was the trait of inhabitants of Shangri-La? Was the trait of inhabitants in Shangri-La? Correct. I don't. <laughs> you, you, you can get there. If it's what I'm thinking, I think you can get there. I don't understand the question. It doesn't really. I don't get it. Like. You said trait, right? Like the trait of inhabitants. Correct. I mean, it's, just it's like. Trait, traits, if it's what I'm thinking, traits is a kind of weird way to put it. Like, I mean. But I also don't know if it's what I'm thinking, so I shouldn't. I mean, criminal? I don't know. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I'll go with criminal. Unfortunately, not a correct answer. Mike, do you have a guess? My my guess was uh, that they're immortal. That is correct. They are immortal. Yeah. Do you know that from the book or the movie? There's a book. Apparently, I had to Google it. There's a movie? I mean, I just think of Shangri-La as like this idyllic, happy place. And yeah, it made me think that they were probably, they probably uh, had like eternal based life on or the, eternal youth or something. The book Lost Horizon. Oh, okay. Which was, in fact, a movie, so... All right, we're going over to Mike. What category are you going with? I'll go with portrayals. Who played the teenage hooker Iris in Taxi Driver? <laughs> uh, a, a role that, if I'm not mistaken, is one of the things that uh, led John Hinckley to ultimately shoot Ronald Reagan <laughs> in a very bizarre sequence of events and a disturbed mind, but it was uh, Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster is a correct answer. We're back to Nikki. Titles I don't have? All right, I'll try titles. We're going with titles. What film set drew Ed, Bobby, and Lewis off on a weekend trip? Repeat, please. What film set drew Ed, Bobby, and Lewis off on a weekend trip? I want to rewrite some of these questions. They're just, they're oddly worded. So what film set them off on a trip? What film showed... Drew, Ed, Bobby, and Lewis going off on a weekend trip. Sounds like the answer would be The Hangover if it didn't come out yeah. 25 years later. I don't know. I mean, like, gosh, I mean, those are pretty generic names. I'm trying to think of, like, mm-hmm. a bunch of guys. Um, there's no, like, year or anything. Nope. <laughs> so I guess it's like you just don't know those characters. You don't know th- 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 That's why... I- when Chris was saying that, I was thinking a lot of these are just if you if it goes, oh yes, I remember that film, then it's right there, and then but if you don't, you don't. I don't know. We'll say maybe it's like one of the original like Oceans movies or something. Oceans Eleven. Good guess. Unfortunately, not a correct answer. Um, when you said this is like one of those Hangover movies, I'm like, well, yeah, but like if you've seen this movie, you definitely remember this movie. Those are the name of the four men in Deliverance. Oh, I've seen that movie, and I could not have told you those. I've seen the movie and read the book, and could not have told you those were his their names. Yeah, that's the thing. I just I'm not like the names was not like if you kind of given me a year, I maybe could have gotten there. Mike, you're up. Uh, I need production and titles. Is that correct? I have you needing titles and production. Correct. I'll do production. What film teamed Ronald Reagan, Diana Lynn, and Peggy? I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Peggy was probably the name of the, I believe it was a chimpanzee, and guess Bedtime for Bonzo. Bedtime for Bonzo is a correct answer. Holy shit. 
Ah, I just, it's sad, but... What How I'm do you know that? Because what, what I'm picturing is the, the video for Land of Confusion by Genesis <laughs> with the puppets and the Ronald Reagan puppet, and he's in, he's in bed with Nancy and a chimpanzee. I don't know. I think if, the one Reagan film I can name is Bedtime for Bonzo. Is that weird? Maybe. Whatever. Oh, my Lord. Nikki, you're up. Which ones do I need? Like most of them. <laughs> no, you need uh, titles on screen and production, I think. Mike's titles doing the job of screen host. and production. All right. I'll go with production. We're going with production. Whose directorial efforts included Wild Strawberries, Cries and Whispers, The Passion of Anna, and Autumn Sonata? I don't know directors, so I I don't know. I don't know. Mike looks like he's about to have an aneurysm. You okay? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to pull up the guy. I'm trying to pull up the guy's name, and I can't pull it up. I think I've even seen Wild Strawberries at one point, but it was Igmar Bergman. Igmar Bergman. That's that's who I was exactly who I was trying to think of. All right, Mike, you need one category, and that is titles. Is that what you're going with? That is what I am going with. What four-hour 1971 documentary detailed the Nazi occupation of France? Uh, four-hour documentary Nazi, Nazi occupation of France. Uh, I do not know if I'm going to be able to get there at all. Um, I... I... Uh... <laughs> I'll tell you what my brain. I'll tell you what my brain just did. For whatever reason, I was I was going. I don't know. Maybe autumn in Paris, and then I was like, but I don't know if it was necessarily autumn. I don't remember exactly when <laughs> the Germans invaded France. And of course, naturally, I start going through the seasons, and I start going springtime for Hitler and Germany. <laughs> I have no idea. Sure, autumn in Paris. That that sounds good. I I don't I don't know documentary films very well. But it sounds like a very interesting one that I, if I ever have four hours of free time, which will likely not happen, it seems like something I might enjoy. I have actually just made a note of it because I'm going to try and find time to go back and watch it. It is called The Sorrow and the Pity. Oh, interesting. I have made a note of that and reading out what it says here on IMDb. From 1940 to 1944, France's government collaborated with Nazi Germany um, in this film features or mixes archival footage with 1969 interviews of a German officer and and the collaborators and resistance fighters of the Clermont Ferrand. They commented the nature details and reasons for the collaboration from anti-Semitism, xenophobia and the beer and the fear of the Bolsheviks to simple caution. Part one, the collapse includes an extended interview with Pierre Mendez France jailed for his anti Vichy action and later Francis prime minister. Um, Okay. Yeah, because I, I always forget, and I'm going to expose my ignorance a little bit here, but was the Vichy government, was that, because I know the Vichy government, but was that the one that collaborated with the Nazis, or yes. was that the the other government that was kind of trying to keep non-Nazi France, or non, not Nazi France, but non-collaborating with Nazis <laughs> France alive? I can't never remember which one it was. Was that the one run by Charles de Gaulle, or not run by, but that de Gaulle was part of? I, it's all... That That is a period of history that I would really love to delve in more. I read a very, very long and very interesting book about it when I was in high school, but I didn't understand any of it. No, so the, the Vichy government is the one that was 
collaborating with with Ru- with Russia. There you go with Germany. And that, that's what I thought because I had a more negative connotation with it. So, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure. Uh, it says headed by Philippe, um, Marshal Philippe Petain. During World War II, the regime was authoritarian, xenophobic, and anti-Semitic, and a traditionalist in nature. Officially, quote-unquote, independent, it adopted a policy of collaboration with Nazi Germany. Yep. You want to talk about a crazy period of time. I think about that time period so much and how how in the world the New World Order managed to survive and emerge from that is just flabbergasting to me to this day. And it took a lot of a lot of luck or providence or whatever you want to call it and and a lot of really, you know, good strategy and everything else, but it's I don't know. That's uh, that's such an amazing period of world history that we kind of forget isn't all that far past. No, it's, it's less not. than a century. It also kind of brings to mind exactly how I don't say not black and white, but how different people felt at that point in time, even Absolutely. in a, a country that had just been overrun. Absolutely. Uh, but we're going and- over. We're going back to Nikki. Nikki, you're up. What category do you want? You still need titles on screen and production. I will go with titles. What 1967 exploitation film followed Peter Fonda through an LSD experience? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're, I, I've never heard of this movie, but uh, it actually makes sense when you hear the title. The title is called The Trip. Huh. I was I was sitting here thinking uh, Easy Rider was a couple years later, but that also follows Peter Fonda through an LSD experience. Him and uh, Dennis Hopper, both. But All right, Mike, we're going over the titles for you. Here is your question. What 1961 film featured the line, Eddie, you're a born loser? Eddie, you're a born loser. 61. Hmm. 61. I have no idea why. I'm, I'm, I don't think Eddie. I'm trying to think of films with characters named Eddie that would have come around out around that time. Uh, the first film that popped in my head was West Side Story, which would have been around that time. Although I think that was more 62, 63. Um so I don't necessarily want to lock that in. It's just the first one that popped in my head. But that does seem – other than I cannot – I'm not very familiar with West Side Story. I only watched it once. Uh, I don't re- necessarily remember – the only character name I remember, honestly, is Maria. I can't even remember the, the Romeo equivalent's character's name, which is terrible. Um, no, not you, buddy. Sorry. I don't know that I'm going to come up with anything better. Eddie, you're a born loser. Oh, um, no. No. Um, no, it's uh, shit. I know what it is. I think I know what it is now. Um, Paul Newman, his character was Fast Eddie. That would have been around that time. Oh, gosh. The Color of Money was the sequel. What was the What was the original called? Was it just Fast Eddie? Oh my gosh. He's a pool player. If 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 I'm correct, I think it would have been around that time. Ah, I I I I think it might be that movie now, and I cannot pull up the name of that movie. Shoot, I'm going to kick myself. Um uh, I'm I'm going to say Fast Eddie, but I'm going to kick myself if that's right. 
you're going to kick yourself because it's not right, but you have the right movie. It's the right movie, yeah. That's what I mean. Uh, it is now a trivia... Not It shares a name with a new trivia game show that just came out that is hosted by none other than Craig Ferguson. It's The Hustler. The Hustler, son of a gun. I I absolutely had the right... Nikki was sitting back there like, I know this. I know this. I... I can't believe I got there, but I still couldn't get there. Yep. All right. All right, Nikki, you're up. It also, also shares the name with the newspaper of my alma mater. Damn it. I really should have gotten that. <laughs> uh, I'll go with production. We're going with production. What was the theme song for The Grapes of Wrath? What? It had a theme it song? It had a theme song? <laughs> Apparently it did. <laughs> I don't Actually, I have a guess, but... I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the theme song was for *Graves of Wrath*. I've actually never seen it. Like I've I've read bits and pieces of the book, but I've never watched the movie. Uh, the answer is apparently the Red River Valley. Oh, okay. Never heard of it. I I was gonna guess the Ghost of Tom Joad, but I'm pretty sure that was a Bruce Springsteen song that came about out about 50 years later. And we are over to Mike. Mike, we're going back to titles. So. What 1952 movie saw Amy Kane getting mighty nervous as lunch hour approached? What? Amy Kane getting mighty nervous as lunch hour approached. 1952 movie? Correct. Good grief. Um, they were really cute with their question writing, and it's driving me freaking crazy. I, I Yeah, I know. But it, but it's... It, I, I understand, but I actually really like the question writing because when you know the film, it kind of takes you into the film, and it's kind of fun. Unfortunately, in this case, I do not know the film. Um, I will say the irony of this is I legitimately looked at this list and went, titles, that's going to be my easiest category. <laughs> it's around that time I don't remember her character's name, and I I feel shame that I've only seen this movie once, and so I don't even though it's one of the greatest movies of all time, and I don't have much of a leg to stand on as far as this goes, but for whatever reason, Singing in the Rain popped into my head. I think it might be a year or two later, but that's what I'm going to say. Unfortunately, not correct. Uh, this movie starred uh, Lloyd Bridges, but the two main stars were Gary Cooper and Grace Kelly. High noon. It's high noon. Damn it. Lunch hour. Yep, lunch hour. Hmm. Darn it, darn it, darn it. <laughs> All right, Nikki, what are we going with? Just on screen? Good luck. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, baby. What was the name of Velvet Brown's horse in National Velvet? What was the name of Velvet Brown's horse in National Velvet? Correct. Brown. Oh, well, obviously the answer is piebald. <laughs> P-I-E-B-A-L-D. Oh, my God. Why uh, have I heard of that? I don't know. Was it was it based on a true story? Was it like a Triple Crown winner or something? It might have been. I still have no idea. Because I've heard the name, the horse name. I would never have gotten it. But I w- once you said it, I'll go, oh, Piebald. That's a name of a horse that I know. And I don't know. Like, I don't know. It very well might have been. Uh, we can look that up later. But we're going to move yeah. on, Mike. I'm assuming you're going with titles. I will go with titles, yes. What Woody Allen film had Isaac writing a novel about a quote-unquote black-and-white town pulsating to the tune of George Gershwin? I've seen, You know, it's interesting. I've actually watched a decent number of Woody Allen films. Um, I'm not a huge Woody Allen fan, but I've 
always at least found his films interesting enough to enjoy once. When I think of a black and white town and a Woody Allen film, I think of Manhattan. So that's what I'm going to say. And Manhattan is a correct answer. And with that, that puts Mike in the money. Nikki, you'll get to choose whatever category you want for him next round, but it's your turn right now. What category are you going with? Um, I will go with production. And yes, I've absolutely gotten easier questions than you this game. All right, here is your production question. What film marked Steve Martin's first starring role? Steve Martin's first starring role? I love this movie. Wouldn't it be The Jerk? The jerk is a correct answer. Well Nicely done. done. He hates these cans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need you. I just need this lamp. I'm a poor black I child. was born a poor. Oh my gosh. My, so funny side story about the jerk that I'm just gonna tell real quick. I I the first time I saw that was actually with my mother as a as a full grown adult when she came to visit when I was living in Florida. And the reason we rented it is because. My mom felt like she had never actually seen it because she said they rented it as a as a family when she was visiting my dad's brother and his wife, you know, in the early 80s after the kid, you know, after we kids had gone down. And she said she stopped watching the movie and started watching my uncle because he was laughing so hard throughout that entire movie. <laughs> It's a really and good she movie. Said, she said she's like, I didn't get it, but he thought it was the funniest <laughs> thing, and so I just started watching him instead. That's an amazing movie, though. Oh, my gosh. Nikki has officially made this a ball game again. We are going over to Nikki. You get to choose which category do you want Mike to try and answer. I'm going to go portrayals. Oof. All right. Here is your portrayals question. Who played the deranged archer maggot in The Dirty Dozen? Oh my gosh. See, and here's what's funny. Here's what's funny. The very first question was about the Magnificent Seven, and now here's the Dirty Dozen question. I watched both of these with my dad, and I always get these mixed up, even though one's a Western and one was World War II. But I always get them mixed up just because it's kind of, in a very, very broad sense, the same concept of these teaming of of people. Um, Dirty Dozen. Uh, the Archer. Archer Maggot. Maggot. So I I believe the character's name is Archer Maggot, and he is being described as deranged. Okay. And weirdly, because I get these two mixed up, my instinct is to go back to what my guess was for the Magnificent Seven and say Charles Bronson again, because I don't know. Uh, Charles Bronson, not a correct answer here either. Uh, it was Terry Savalas. Oh, Telly Savalas. Did I say Terry? It is definitely Telly. Yeah. It's the Moops. It's the Moops. (laughs) All right, Nikki, we're back to you. You have got titles and on-screen remaining. All right, we'll try on-screen. We're going with on-screen. What 3D movie did did Richard Sherman take the girl to see in the seven-year itch? I mean, I remember that movie. um, Me too. But I... Probably for different reasons. (sighs) But 
I mean, what three? I didn't even know they really did 3D movies back in the 50s like that. Um, I, yeah, I have no idea. Uh, the movie they went to see. It's a movie I have actually seen. Mike, I think you went with us to see it at Tampa Theater with Organ Accompaniment. Nosferatu? No, it was The Creature from the Black Lagoon. I didn't go to see We, we went to see Nosferatu. I didn't see The Creature yeah, from the Black Lagoon. What year did the Seven Year Itch come out? 54, probably. He said it wasn't from the 50s. Well, the, the, that, oh, the oh, movie ta- they went to see oh, was... Oh, I'm talking about... But I thought, because they were in the 50s. The movie yeah. was in the 50s. It was the movie they oh, went maybe to creature, see. Oh, maybe Creature... Oh, was Creature... Yeah, but I, I think didn't Creature know the Black Lagoon was like the 30s. Was, yeah, that's... Well, I mean, The, yeah, the question I, was I asking, what movie did they go see in The Seven Year Itch? But it was in 3D? Well, that's what I was... That's Creature what the I was, was yeah. It, yeah, I was just like, I didn't know they even had three... I meant in the 50s, because they were in the 50s well, watching in, the movie. And in, in the, the, actually, the, the first 3D craze was actually in the 50s. A lot of, okay. the, a lot of those creature... I mean, it wasn't good So maybe, oh, maybe it was terrible. like they redid Creature in the Back of Goon in 3D. I don't remember. I just maybe. Don't, I don't they remember. did a lot of creature... I, mean, I was going to guess I've the blob. I've seen Seven Year Itch, but it's been so long. I don't remember many details. I think it's right after they go see that movie that the famous... Uh, scene yeah. with her skirt getting blown up is yeah. what ha- is when that happens, but I could be wrong. Well, Mike, we're back to uh, back to you, Nikki. What category do you want him to take? Mm, how about titles? You seem to struggle. I still haven't gotten titles. First. We're going with titles, Mike. Here's your question: What 1955 film featured the boast? We'll give him the old Crockett charge. We'll give him the old Crockett charge. That sounds a lot dirtier now than it did back then. No, I think I know this one. I think it's the Alamo. Right person, wrong movie. Oh, no. The name of the movie is Davy Crockett, King of the Wild Frontier. Oh, man. The Alamo is right around that same time. I was actually, I was going to say the Alamo. I legitimately thought, I almost, I'm glad, because I almost, I almost turned to Nikki and said sorry before I gave that answer, because I thought for sure that was the winner. Damn it. (laughs) All right, Nikki, which one are you going with? I will go with titles as well, I guess. Do I have on screen and titles as the only two? Yeah, I think so. Here is your titles question. What Alfred Hitchcock film featured the prophetic line, they also pay who meet they also pay who meet in the hotel rooms. What? They also pay who meet in hotel rooms? They also pay who meet in hotel rooms. That's what the that's what the card says, but I don't think that's the actual line. Are are you sure this is an Alfred Hitchcock uh, movie because it sounds like Stanley Kubrick? Yeah. I I knew well, once I picked up this mean, card that was coming. I'm I'm assuming it is Psycho because it's a hotel. Like I'm thinking, like the Bates Motel. So, Psycho. Psycho is the correct answer. <laughs> I don't remember that line. That, that I was I was literally sitting here going, shoot, I I really need to work in a Cooper credits at some point. Then they just it played right into my hands. Well done, mm-hmm. well done. Oh, I don't know why I'm taking that from you. You you have my fate in your hands. What was it? They also meet who. Are you looking that you're looking this up? I'm looking it up right now because I can't be what the actual line is. Yeah, it was. I don't they, remember the line. I'm just thinking. What was the it? They hotel. also meet who play in hotel rooms. So the card reads it as they also pay who meet in hotel rooms. They also pay who meet in hotel rooms. 
Um, I'm trying to find the here I'm on. Are they supposed to like? Are they suggesting like hookers? I, I, that that I mean, sounds like what it's implying, but which would kind of make sense with the narrative of the film to an extent, it, but it definitely would. I'm trying to. I, I'm on a a wiki page right now, and it's not there. I thought it was going to be there. I I somehow managed to be at the at the IMDb page for The Shining. It's two. It's two. I I, I know. It's still kind of part of the same one. Is it? All right, but I'm done. That's my one per cast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm not able to to validate that is the correct answer. The correct it's the correct answer. I can't validate that's the correct uh, totality of that phrase. But Nikki has crossed one more off, and you have uh, managed to bring back Nikki. You're only missing on screen right now, Mike. What are you going with? Oh no, Nikki. What is Mike going with? Um, production. Who directed Leonard Whiting and Olivia Hussey in Romeo and Juliet? Oh, um, Zeffirelli. Franco Zeffirelli is a correct answer. And with that, Mike, you are our silver screen champion. Nicely done. Nikki, nice comeback. That was actually, to me, I thought it was going to be a lot more obscure stuff. It was a pleasant mix of... I mean, granted, because Nikki got most of the obscure questions, but I, I thought it, I thought it was a pleasant mix of of a little bit more obscure stuff with a little bit more stuff that that even to this day has still held up and is still is still the type of stuff that cinephiles would know. So that's that was I, I mean, yeah, some of them I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed a lot of those questions. Nikki definitely got the the short end of that stick though, because my god her questions were harder than yours she had some, she had some brutal oh, questions it was, fun. it was fun i mean it was, it was a fun game but hey you know what we're here we're having we're having uh having some fun playing some trivia one of us is having a drink or two or three at this point uh i i haven't even been counting because i've been i've been topping myself off before my glass has been empty yeah, my so. strategy right. didn't but on, honestly it's not that much because my bottle's still mostly full it's probably a grand total of two drinks that's not bad not bad yeah but listen, everyone, uh, we enjoy putting the show on for you. We hope you enjoy listening. Uh, if you want to support the Pub Trivia Experience, head on over to patreon.com slash ptebb. That is your home for all the bonus content for both the Pub Trivia Experience and Boozy Bracketology. Uh, it's a great way to show some financial support and let us uh, allow you allow us to keep bringing you this awesome content on a regular basis. Uh, find us on Facebook. The Lounge, fans of Pub Trivia Experience and Boozy Bracketology, come on there. Have a good time with us. Tell us what you're drinking. Tell us what you think of the episodes that you're hearing. Find us on Instagram, Pub Trivia Experience, Twitter at Pub Trivia Pod due to those damn character limitations. For the Pub Trivia Experience, I have been Chris. I've been Nikki. And I've been Mike. Have a good one.